0: This is the Enneagram 4 podcast, a podcast for meeting in the depths of the Enneagram 4. To celebrate Mother's Day, I asked my own mom the question, what is the best part of being a mother? To which she responded that she most enjoys being friends with her adult children. Today, I get to introduce you to my mother, Kim Stratton. As a 271 tri type, my mom is equal parts generous, fun, and good. For most of my life, my mom was a stay at home mom and a pastor's wife. She has also been an excellent teacher and most recently has opened her own bakery. If you haven't tried one of her scones, you're gonna wanna go place an order and enjoy one while you listen. I truly believe that this episode is gold because it holds the parenting wisdom of 30 years and reveals the secret to being friends with your children when they are grown. Many years of the relationship between my mother and I were pretty tumultuous and difficult. If I were to look at the parenting of my mother and write out the recipe to being friends with your adult children, I'd tell you that it takes fun, humility, forgiveness, and effort. The Enneagram has been instrumental in creating a good relationship between my mother and I, but certainly the even greater secret can be found in looking at the faith of my mother. The truth of humanity is that we mess up and break things. Restoration of relationship is always nothing less than a miracle and is only possible through the power of compassion, forgiveness, and love. I am so thankful that my mother instilled those values in my life and that today I get to say that she is one of my absolute best friends. We need
1: to start over. Is so that what you're saying? Everything's changing. The whole dynamics. <laughs> We're just gonna talk about stuff. And then you're just gonna make it into a podcast. Maybe it's because if we would have just talked about the memes the whole time,
0: <laughs> this just isn't your area. Maybe.
1: Why don't you just put some of us laughing on there and then talk about how we didn't used to do that <laughs> and then now we do? And it's good day. <laughs> good day. <laughs> okay. How also, you it? exaggerated a little bit dramatically and said we're already at 10 minutes and we were only at 7. <laughs> we were actually closer to 5 than we were at 10. Not that I'm calling you dramatic. I got all my notes here. I'm all good. What did I do wrong? This You did not do anything wrong. It's not about doing
0: something right or wrong. You might be a 1, honestly. But...
1: <laughs> oh, I totally am a 1.
0: <laughs> Are you a 1 or a 2 or a 7? I don't know. I
1: have, so, I have equal of all three of them. I think I'm an Enneagram 2 with a wing 1, but... I'm honestly still trying to figure it out. I have a lot of seven in me also, and possibly some eight. I do like to have a lot of fun, mm-hmm. which I think is a seven. Like, I'm all about having fun. But I'm, I like to have fun in an orderly way, not a chaotic way. Yes. So fun like, with,
0: like, lots of structure.
1: Lots of structure. So that's also weird because mm-hmm. I like I like order probably as much as I like people.
0: Probably as much as you like fun, too. Probably, Probably, yes. very evenly. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, even like when we used to take vacations, when you guys were little, I loved our vacations, but it it was almost more fun to plan the vacation (laughs) (laughs) and get the car loaded and have everything like... And pack
0: our bags.
1: Pack (laughs) all the bags, and each of you had a backpack, and then we had snacks for each stop that we were making, and each of you had your own little favorite snacks, and then I had toys that I gave out at certain times during the trip. And, like, that was almost more fun than... structure
0: is actually fun for you.
1: It's very fun. (laughs) Very, very fun for me. So, sevens don't necessarily like to talk about their negative feelings, but they... Stories are how they share their feelings. And I like, mm-hmm. I mean, I li- as sometimes instead of just straight up talking about a negative feeling, I'll tell a story about how I felt about something or how
0: that makes something sense. happened.
1: So that made me sort of think I might have a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Also, socializing is very important to sevens, mm-hmm. I discovered. And they value being satisfied and content, which I think that's a something I value. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I feel like, I mean, I feel like there are some parts of me that are seven. Also in stress, they go to ones. Mm-hmm. which is like my orderliness and my mm-hmm. structure and my perfectionism my criticalness mm-hmm. of myself and other people so there's that but I value being loved and wanted which mm-hmm. you know that could be a one or a two both both of those mm-hmm. and then the one goes to eight in stress which I am definitely a little bit two. of a, I mean goes a, to two goes to eight in stress so I'm a little bit forceful and controlling and stuff when I get a little bit stressed. Take control of the crowd. Which can be good or can be bad. That's how you get stuff done, but it's in a negative way sometimes.
0: If anybody gave you a nickname, what would the nickname be? Well,
1: I've been known to be called Commander Kim. Yes. But... (laughs) By a few different people, actually. But I take that as a compliment. It sure is. (laughs) We need it sometimes. Anyway, the other thing about a one... That makes me think I have a lot of one in me. Is I don't like downtime. I don't do well with just downtime mm-hmm. with no nothing going on. Mm-hmm.
0: So you see all these things in the primarily the two seven one, also a bit of eight in you. Mm-hmm. Then you're like, yeah, I could be any of these. And I think that's why with the enneagram, it's so important to focus on core motivation, right? And I know we've talked about your tri type potentially being whatever your dominant type is, whether it's a two or a, or a seven or a one. We've talked about your tri type is definitely in that two seven one seven two one one two seven family, which I think is something that's unique about your personality is you're actually a very strong personality Mm -hmm. so i would actually believe you if you said either one of those were your dominant and i Mm -hmm. think that's why it's so important with the enneagram to not find your type based on what the type looks like but more so the core motivations Mm, that's true and what way has understanding the enneagram been most helpful to you
1: The Enneagram, to me, is just another thing that's another tool that's Mm -hmm. just given me another look into my personality and the way God created me. By understanding myself a little bit, it helps me to understand the people that are around me and especially my family and how to interact with them and what each one of my family members needs from me. And so in order to do that better, I think understanding myself better has helped. Just helped me understand, like, what what makes me fearful and what makes me... What do I like? What makes me energized and Mm -hmm. what makes me tired and... Mm -hmm. By learning how to do all that I can be a better person for my people.
0: What is it like to be the mother of an Enneagram for? It's
1: interesting for sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, what makes it interesting?
1: Well you keep life very interesting. I mean you're the only girl in the family mm-hmm. and the only granddaughter on my side of the family mm-hmm. so right off the bat that makes you unique because you just the only girl and a bunch of boys. hmm Yeah. You've always just been kind of... You've always been a pretty strong personality. Mm-hmm. My favorite part about parenting a four is your passion and drive in life. Like, if you, if you decide that you want to do something, you just make it happen no matter what. And that might be partly... You might have a little bit of a three-wing, maybe, mm-hmm. that might make you that way. I mean... You literally got a four-point on, P- on your master's degree when you were going through a divorce. And I don't know that a lot of people could do that. You just buckled down and just did it. Mm-hmm. That, that's very admirable, I think. I think that um, you are very caring and compassionate. I think a four is a very ca- compassionate person. And you have a lot of passion about anything that you decide you're going to do, you're very passionate about it. Like, for instance, when you were younger, in high school... You could barely drive. I found out that you and a friend were making peanut butter jelly sandwiches to take to homeless people downtown. And you just decided to do it and made it happen. Got people on board to help you and not everybody would do that. I One time when we went on a missions trip, when you were little, you, and you gave your shoes away to a little girl that we were building a house for her family because she didn't have any shoes. You just took them right off your feet and gave them to her. Thought nothing of it. Very compassionate. What do you think drove me to do that? My compassion? Uh-huh. Yeah, I think you're very compassionate. I think part of your compassion stems from the, like, not in that area necessarily, not that story, but from some of your maybe sadness and feeling unvalued, Maybe uh, mm-hmm. growing up that you want other people to feel valued, so you feel compassionate for like the underdog or people that are maybe struggling in, it, in mm-hmm. some way. Yeah, not I've noticed true. that more late, like later in life, mm-hmm. like in the last few years, you feel not sad necessarily, but you just feel a lot of compassion for people that are struggling in mm-hmm. any way. Thank I think as a child, I didn't quite know how to direct all that mm-hmm. strong passion and and emotional energy, maybe so. I feel like knowing what I know now about the Enneagram and knowing what I know about my personality and yours, I would have spent more time one-on-one with you, like just sitting with you and your Mm -hmm. feelings and letting you try to, like trying to talk through what they were. A lot of times you're, I think your feeling, your emotions came out as anger a lot when I don't think it was anger, Mm -hmm. but it just came out that way. So I think I would sit with you and help you figure out what it was you were feeling like. Was it sadness? Was it... Mm -hmm. frustration what was it that made you feel angry and Mm. sit with you a little bit and help you work through that so that it wasn't a repeat every single time we had an issue came up
0: yeah i don't think you had the resources to help as a four child with such big emotions Mm -hmm. to help me identify and manage my own emotions Mm -hmm. you didn't know how to help teach me that right And so, so I definitely didn't know as a child, child, I didn't have those skills. So it was just like a
1: repetitive thing of like emotional outbursts and, um, and like as we, we've talked about before, I think part of it, I think I just, I did what I knew, but I also just, I had four kids and so mm -hmm. I think I was young and I just did what I had to do to survive Mm -hmm. every day. And sometimes that meant sweeping it under the rug and just hoping that that tomorrow was going to be better. Mm -hmm. And then it wasn't. And then, or the next week or whatever, we had another issue. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll I'll just try to fix this Mm -hmm. as best I can. And a lot of times I fixed it by buying you something or taking you somewhere or trying to do something fun. And then we it was fine for a while. And then another issue came up Mm -hmm. because we never actually fixed it. Yeah. So... I think I would definitely try to help you figure out what the, like how to name the emotion, what it was. I was reading something the other day that said um, it was a parenting blog that I was reading it said that by age two months you can tell what a child's personality is. you can it's like a look into their personality see what it's going to look like by the way that they react That's so young yeah very young but um I was thinking back to when you were a baby and I mean you you wanted to be fed at a certain time I mean you were not content very much if you <laughs> if things weren't going just as they needed to go <laughs> you'd you just had specific, very specific things that you wanted to do. I'd always known what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Big emotions. Mm-hmm. Lots of big emotions. But um, you always wanted to wear dresses. One time we were in the dressing room, I think you were three or four, and you always had to... You called them spin-around dresses, and you had to spin around, and if it didn't spin around enough, then you didn't want to buy it. mm mm-hmm. So you said, this is my spin-around dress.
0: Yeah, which is so funny because fours, that's so young to feel that way. Fours are we everything we do is self-expression uh-huh. so we really care about like what we wear uh-huh. and it's I was, funny that as a four-year-old I cared about that uh-huh.
1: so much I was looking through some pictures and you earlier from when you were younger and you always had like tons of plastic jewelry on and a purse and like you would wear my high heel shoes around and you just always you always wanted your hair a bow in your hair or a, a hair clip or something to make your no matter what if we were going anywhere or not you always had to look cute which is funny because you still very much care. You like fancy things.
0: <laughs> fancy, fancy things. Yeah. Anyway. for like high quality things for uh-huh. sure too. You uh-huh. like, like the finer things in life. Very
1: unfortunate growing up in a pastor's family that you had yeah. like high quality things. but. Um...
0: No, I was actually thinking, preparing for this. I was thinking about the things that you did really well to, that like I needed as a kid. Mm. That cared for me and my personality and I think that's one of the things you did well is like allowing me to find that self-expression in the way I dressed or in Mm. my jewelry and um like that's something that I feel like you nurtured and cultivated. How about your room when
1: you painted it green or purple or or, uh yeah
0: in moving was so hard For me, especially. I think it was probably hard on everyone. But, I mean, would you say it was like the hardest on
1: me? Oh, yeah, for sure. Even at a young age, though, because the first time we moved really far away from home, you were seven. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a pretty young age to be so distraught. I mean, that was really Mm -hmm. hard on you. But I'm thankful that we were able to live in places where we could fix your Mm -hmm. room up and let you do what you wanted to do Oh yeah,
0: you did such a great job and you didn't even know about the Enneagram then. Right. right? That that's my environment and creating a space mm-hmm. impacts my emotions so mm-hmm. much and truly impacts my entire day. Or the
1: um, wrong coffee cup
0: yeah the wrong (laughs) coffee cup um it matters what you drink your coffee it does but yeah you did such a good job and I think with those every time we moved being so hard on me I see that as being like kind of the saving grace in my life Uh As you let me create something new and fun and something for myself and um create a home for myself Uh which is something I still do
1: Hmm. to this day yeah you're good at that well I see a little bit I was thinking how you and I are so different but I think I think Which maybe there's, has a little bit to do with your personality. I don't know if you have a little one in you probably, but I think that you like order and structure too in Mm -hmm. your life and maybe it comes out in some different ways, but I think that you, I think that you like that Mm -hmm. and I don't know if it has to do with,
0: I need that. And that's like where four goes in growth actually Uh is to the one. The one. Which being more principled and structured and finding those rhythms. Right. Even when we don't feel like it. Right. Because that's the thing for us is sometimes we don't feel like having structure. We don't feel like doing things at a certain time. Mm -hmm. Like our mood might be like, oh, but I'd rather sit and drink coffee for two more hours. And like process through these emotions Uh than like get up (laughs) and do the things I have to do. Right. What was the most difficult part of raising an Enneagram four child?
1: I mean, one of the things that was difficult Cult that I was thinking about for when I was preparing for this was that As an Enneagram for your core, devi- core desire is individuality. And we had four kids in five years. So mm-hmm. like no one had a chance to be an individual too much because we yeah. had, you guys were all so close in age and we, we raised you at the same time basically. So I think it was hard because we, we did a lot of things as a group and mm-hmm. we're like, we're all doing this or, you know, we don't really get a vote We're this is what we're doing. And I think that was hard to maybe to let you have tons mm-hmm. of individuality in that. So I I guess I didn't really know or understand or appreciate the need to let you be an individual Mm -hmm. so much. One hard part of raising a four with my personality is that I am a perfectionist. And Mm -hmm. so I had specific things of how, specific ways of how I wanted things to go or how I thought things should go. And like you say, sometimes you didn't feel like doing it that way. And so you bucked my system and (laughs) you're like, I don't want to do that right now. I want to drink, drink my coffee for two hours, Mm. not coffee at that point. But you know, I didn't maybe. What did
0: that look like as a kid?
1: You know, sometimes it, you want to just be in your room by yourself or you wanted to draw or something. And I was like, all right, but right now we need to do X, Y, Z. Mm-hmm. And I think looking back, had I allowed you maybe a little bit of... Maybe we needed to create a schedule where you had some time early in the morning to do mm-hmm. that. And I didn't get that at that point. And so, you know, that would have... So how of, did
0: when I... Because in... Part of it is probably my subtype too. I have a sexual subtype, so we are very assertive with our needs and communicative, uh-huh. and we can kind of be demanding of them. Uh-huh. And so, did it show up like that as a kid? Like whenever oh, yeah. I wanted to draw or do whatever, and you're like, "No, it's time for X, Y, Z. Did I did um I lash out with emotion or what? You did, that did. Look like
1: you did, and even like um, expectations, like. I don't know, like, one time we bought you a record player that you really wanted, and we didn't get the color that you wanted, and you were like, "I." and I know you liked it and were thankful for it, but you were, you had in your head that you were getting a different color, and so you were sort of irritated about it, and, mm-hmm. and instead
0: disappointed. of, disappointed, you
1: were disappointed, but in, you couldn't even be thankful for it at the time. Mm-hmm. You were just mad, and so you were like, I don't, I didn't want this color, and so then that makes us kind of be like, "Were well, you ungrateful little brat. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that no that's valid. That's the basically the greatest work of my life is choosing to cultivate gratitude every day. Instead of having these high ideals and wanting nothing to be missing, learning and choosing to have gratitude in mm. all things. And I mean, I don't know if you could speak to that if you've seen any growth in that in me, but I think certainly you for know, sure since at least those days of the record player. I remember my first cell phone. That was probably the hardest thing for you. You think?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was hard to like. Well, for one thing, we worked so hard to try to, you know, make make our money stretch. You know, for mm-hmm. Christmas and things like that. And then for you to like not like it, it was like. Well, especially because my personality type, I want everybody to be happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gosh.
0: Yeah, that's a huge um, draw of the two. As you are so drawn to make people feel loved and to like, you're such a giver, and but you feel fulfilled when someone feels that love and right. feels appreciative. So, you're probably your greatest longing as a two in that giver aspect is for someone to show you appreciation, right? And so, I gave you the
1: opposite right. of
0: that, and I think for a four. I've had to make the choice in order to not hurt the people in my life like you or, or even myself. Like that's, right. that's not fun for me either to be disappointed and when with someone's everything. like given me, yeah, <laughs> right. like right. I don't want to live like that. I don't want to be that. And so to break up with our ideals right. is like a constant yeah. choice that I have to make because mm-hmm. um, we are very idealistic. Um, and so to break up with that and to embrace what is, mm-hmm. I think... Allows us to find more joy in our life and mm. less melancholy and mm-hmm. disappointment, and also to appreciate what we have and have gratitude. Right.
1: Well, and I've what you said while ago. I've seen you. I've seen a ton of growth in your life in that area, especially in the last couple of years. I would say, mm-hmm. where you are more, you're so thankful for everything that. I mean, I can tell that mm-hmm. you're thankful when when I do things for you, and even little, you know, you notice little things mm-hmm. that you may be used to not notice. Mm-hmm that people do for you
0: well and mom I'll just say that you see people you know people you are a meter of people's needs and not just their needs but just the things that make them happy and make them who they are like there's no one better at that than you (laughs) so if someone can't appreciate that that's like has nothing to do with you and has everything to do with them Mm. so um
1: it makes me feel good to know that you notice that because I'm a two- <laughs> I guess. It seems weird to even say that, but that's-, that's I mean, mm-hmm. it, may, it does make me feel good to know that when people notice that I know them, mm-hmm. so I work hard at at doing that. I think that's a something that has, comes easy for me, mm-hmm. so.
0: Yeah, you've always been the best at that. Even, like, Easter baskets, or you do, mm-hmm. like- who even does this? <laughs> fall baskets every fall, first day of fall, <laughs> like-
1: you have to celebrate all the things. I remember when Caitlin was first in our family, I sent her a fall basket and she was like, I've never heard of such a thing. And then she goes, is there one for winter and spring too? <laughs> just fall for some reason. I don't know. why. It seems fun to celebrate the first day of fall. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking, I wrote down that a type two is emotionally, emotionally and caring and showers with treats and affection, but often doesn't get... It doesn't, isn't often received mm-hmm. the way that I intended it to, to be received. Mm-hmm. And often you don't even, you didn't even want that or a two, a four doesn't necessarily want that. They just want someone to connect with them. So yeah. it makes our personalities kind yeah. of hard because that, mm-hmm. what I need most is, and what I think you need most are two different, right two different things. So,
0: right. Well, and I appreciate those. Gifts and those baskets right. that are so thoughtful, like you're so good at them, but that's not actually the longing that makes me feel cared for. It makes it does make me feel like you love me, but right. it doesn't actually meet the needs. Right, I it doesn't you your feeling love. Right, right. I think really all I ever wanted was just, like, a deep emotional connection with Mm -hmm. you. And so, which I feel like we've gotten to a point now that Mm -hmm. we have that. But throughout my childhood, we definitely didn't.
1: And I don't, sometimes I wonder, I mean, I was, because I've thought about that before, and I don't know that I connected with any of you on a super dupe level, because I was just so busy keeping my head above water while I was trying to raise you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, I was was busy keeping structure in our home and um, being a pastor's wife Mm -hmm. and, you know attending all the sporting events and being in charge of things at church and cooking and cleaning and doing all the things that needed to be done that i i don't think i even had the capacity to be able to connect or the no, know i did mm-hmm. um have the capacity to connect with you in a way that mm-hmm. you needed me to or the boys even for that matter yeah definitely have that's happened i think i think I'm, i think the boys would also say that i'm more connected to them mm-hmm. on an emotional level now than i was yeah. when they were growing up
0: yeah Yeah that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Well I was shocked kind of or surprised I guess to hear that the most difficult part of raising me was (laughs) my disappointment in like my high ideals and Uh my inability to appreciate your efforts to show me love. It makes sense now that you say that I'm like as a two that would be the most difficult thing for you. (laughs) But for some reason, I because our relationship was so difficult, so much conflict mm-hmm. for in especially in my teen years, but even in my childhood mm-hmm. years, um, yeah. and a lot of high emotions, right. and I would say even some volatility. I expected that to be your answer.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, that was definitely hard. Mm-hmm.
0: But I guess that was probably the hardest part for me because uh-huh. that's connected to like wanting a deep relationship mm-hmm. with you and. You know, whether your dominant Enneagram is a two or seven, both of them are actually avoidant of negative emotions Mm -hmm. uh, for different reasons. Sevens want to avoid pain to avoid them because they want to be acceptable and loved. Mm -hmm. So you did run from my negative emotions in my childhood and in teenage Mm -hmm. years. And I think that's what shaped me. Like, I think that's actually Mm. what, when I look back and I try to... You know, the theory of the Enneagram is... Our personalities are shaped by our caregivers, our parents. Mm -hmm. And so, and unfortunately, none of us can escape that as parents, no matter how perfect we want to be, or no matter how great of a parent we are, which you are a great mother, you did shape all your kids. And so I do believe that's where the four in me came from Mm -hmm. is um, the difficulty that you had in meeting me and my emotions. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk with you a little bit about how you think we went from being in that really unhealthy place in our relationship with a lot of conflict and not being able to meet each other there and to where we are today
1: I think um I don't think you're the only person I do that with I just think I like every I just like things to be nice Mm -hmm. (laughs) happy and um Mm -hmm. not even I mean I'm uh, able to cry and able to talk about deep things with people but I definitely have I definitely enjoy when we're having a good time (laughs) Mm -hmm. or I'm having a good time with anybody. I mean, I definitely, that's Mm -hmm. definitely more fun for me. And so my fondest memories of like your teenage years are like when you had some girlfriends over and we had, you had a little part, a Christmas party Mm -hmm. and we made invitations. And that was something we could work on together. That was like a fun event. And so we could put all that stuff behind us that was, you know, not fun.
0: (laughs) So you really looked for ways You looked for ways to connect with me through fun since things were so hard. Right. It's really painful for you to think about, like, how hard it was at that time. Is that what the emotion is right now? Oh,
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, there were some really hard, (laughs) really hard days. So, but, um. And
0: I think I'll just speak to my side of it is. I think I was a bit avoidant of connecting to
1: mm-hmm. you
0: through fun because I wanted you to go deep with me so bad. Uh-huh. And I've actually, as an adult, thankfully, I've grown to appreciate the fun that you bring to our relationship, to our mm-hmm. family. Like, our family knows how to have fun. A lot of families don't. Like, our family knows we how to do have, have fun, fun because you've cultivated that in the culture of our family. And there's actually depth in fun. There is, and I didn't realize that. Yeah, before, like there is an intimacy and a depth that happens in the context of fun. Mm-hmm. That's in some ways, in some ways, even closer than having like an hour heart to heart.
1: Well, I've noticed too that when our whole family's together, or even just parts of us, and we've been having fun, or we're sitting around the table playing a game, a lot of times it involves it evolves into. A deep conversation like we'll kind of put the game aside and we'll start talking about a topic that is meaningful and um, a lot of our conversations happen around a game table or mm-hmm. you know sitting outside on the patio together and after we played cornhole or you know something like that
0: yeah there's like a healthy balance yeah. of enjoying each and other I, I and think like,
1: that we've gotten better at, at that
0: yeah yeah.
1: Certainly, yeah, yeah. I think
0: our family does that really well. I Everyone so. in our family, yeah. honestly.
1: Yeah. I mean, one of the things I appreciate about you is we kind of joke about your questions, <laughs> your birthday questions and your holiday questions. But, um, I mean, we like uh, it's good. They're good, and they mm. make us appreciate each other. And it's good to stop for a minute and listen to what the other per- another person mm. has to say. Um, it's also good; makes me think a little bit mm. about things that I maybe wouldn't normally think about. Like it's good to stop and think what was my, the best part of this last year? You know, Mm -hmm. because we, even the good things sometimes get swept away by all the, the busyness and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's good. It's good to make me stop and think about, you know, what was the best part or what was the hardest part or whatever.
0: Pull you into that Uh depth a little bit. Yeah. And I think I've had to learn how to not demand that like people, Mm -hmm. like, I think (laughs) I see the analogy of someone just like wanting to stay on top of water and I'm like, Forcing them down. Down to like, talk deep. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, I've learned to meet people where they're mm-hmm. at and invite them deeper, but uh-huh. not demand them to come deeper. And it's a good analogy. Yeah. yeah. So, and I will say, like, I don't feel like you are avoidant of my negative emotions like you used to be. Mm-hmm. I feel like you've really, f- I think the Enneagram has
1: helped you to learn what I need mm-hmm. in that space. One thing that I have learned over the last little bit since I learned about the Enneagram, and as my relationship with you has gotten stronger and I've looked back at my parenting journey, I think that listening more and talking less is always good. I think just learning to hold space for an Enneagram 4 is important, more so than with any of my other kids. I think if I that I could have done a lot better at that when I was, when you were younger, and things would have been better. I think that that you need to work hard at making a four know that they're understood and Mm -hmm. that their their opinion is valued. I think that goes along with some of the other things about ways you feel maybe and not feel valued. One of the big things I think is important that I've learned in the last few years even really just the last two years probably is to remain solid when you're moody or not feeling very strong or feeling kind of emotional or whatever. I think when I was parenting you when you were younger, I would tend to ride your emotions a little more. And when you were mad, I would be mad. And when you cried, I would cry and I I did it like you did. And so be trying to be more Mm -hmm. steady when you're feeling emotional, I think it would be helpful to a young child and an adult as well. I don't know that I felt that way. No? Well mm-hmm. that's good. I think I
0: felt more of like an abandonment when I like I didn't feel like you cried with me. I felt mm-hmm. like you
1: left. Mm-hmm. I did I went in the other room and cried. Oh probably. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't think I was there for I wasn't able to be a solid, mm-hmm. like, constant for you. And maybe I feel like that I've gotten better at that. Mm-hmm. Like just being like I'm steady and it doesn't matter if you're having a bad day, I'm not going anywhere and Yeah. This is it. Another big thing I think is to give you space for alone time. I don't think I understood that when you were little. That um, and even when you're big. I mean, until recently, I don't think I understood that. Like the other day, you had a job interview and it went well. And I texted you and you were like, "Yeah, I'm going for a run." And I was like, "What do you mean?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> and which is just totally opposite of my personality. I would want to tell the whole world. And yeah, you had needed to go process it, whether it was good or bad. Mm-hmm. So you know that you need. Fours need time to process things, always. Mm -hmm. So um, that's something I've learned. I think refraining from using the words too sensitive or over dramatic or, you know, those kind of words I think are pretty hurtful and harmful. Mm -hmm. And those just don't need to be said. Um, One thing I've learned that it's, is, it kind of goes along with the fixing thing, but to be okay when you're sad and to be like, it's okay that you're having a sad day Mm -hmm. or that you're. And to
0: let me feel that. And
1: to let you feel it because the the part, my initial response is we got to go get ice cream or I got to bring you Mm -hmm. coffee or something immediately when I find out that you're sad. And sometimes you just need me to say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry Mm -hmm. you're sad or, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry you're having a tough day and let you be, be okay doing that. Um, it's okay to sit in silence that's something I've learned another thing that I've had to learn is that sometimes I have to be able to go deep with you in order to connect that everything can't be on the surface mm-hmm. I like things right on the surface mm-hmm. a lot of yeah. times so I have to be a I think we've learned to uh, you've learned to enjoy life a little bit and I've learned to go a little bit deeper, and mm-hmm. so it's made our relationship better.
0: Yeah, I think for a four, that's the space we live in—is depth. Mm-hmm. So if we are coming to the surface f- to connect with you, we're like we're doing that to connect with you, but that's not where we. It's live. not
1: your comfortable place.
0: Yeah, well, and it's I'm it's fine. Like I'm not uncomfortable, but it's not me. Mm-hmm. So to feel like known. By someone, I need them to come to me, mm-hmm. come to where I live.
1: Right, um, that makes sense. Something else I think could have possibly been a little bit more helpful um, when I was raising you when you were younger, and part of it has to do with my personality. A big part of it does is that, and the advice I would give to a parent of before is to give unstructured, some unstructured time just to do whatever. And so much of our lives were structured because I like structure so much.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: I even structured our fun times and so much so that there wasn't a lot of maybe downtime to just do what you wanted to do mm-hmm. or to just be in your room. And honestly, I didn't even love that. I wanted I wanted us all to be together all the time having fun. Mm-hmm. So I think just learning all of your different personalities and what you each need, I think, is...
0: I appreciate you sharing, you know, the advice that you have for parents of Enneagram 4s. And I noticed you, that a lot of that actually came from a space of you saying, like, what you would have liked to have done differently, like, Mm -hmm. like, a lot of what you shared wasn't, this is what I did right, a lot of what you shared was, like, this is where I missed the mark, Mm -hmm. um, so I appreciate that, because I do see a lot of what you did right, and most of what you did was right, but the unfortunate thing about being human is, no parent hits the mark perfectly and so that's what shapes and that's the theory of the Enneagram is that's what shapes our personality is when you miss the mark right and so I was wondering if you could share a little bit because I think it can sometimes be hard for a mother like Mm -hmm. I think and I don't know if this resonates with you but I've heard a lot of my mom friends or just like a lot of moms in general like have a fear of not being a good mom or like failing mm-hmm. as a parent and so I think it can be hard for a parent to have the humility to accept where they missed the mark but mm-hmm. I think it's so important it can be so important and so powerful in your relationship with your kids like like you've been able to do that for me, recognize where you did miss the mark. And it's actually allowed me to heal in places that would have taken me much longer to heal in on my own. So I was wondering if you could speak to that a little bit and what that has been
1: like for you. I mean, I obviously my personality type isn't one that I like digging into things that maybe went wrong in my past. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, two times in, in the last six months, I've had to deal with these types of things. I work with a mom's group at church and we've a couple that we, well, I work with a group of moms at my at a table. And so every week we are able, I'm a mentor mom and I'm able to share things with the young mom. They're all young moms. And so I've really been recently been sharing with them things that I feel like I would could have done better at because they're all, mm-hmm. you know, they ask me questions about it and stuff. And so I've just, I've been really open with them about, you know, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have spent less time cleaning my house and more time playing with my kids or whatever and you know just kind of looking back at the person I was and the things I wish I would have done differently and I think it's helped me to be I think it's helped me to be able to look into myself and and see not necessarily just vomit up my flaws all over everybody but really go really just be okay with okay that's a part of me that I don't wish I wouldn't have done it that way but it's it's okay and Mm -hmm. I can't fix it but mm-hmm. I can start I can start from now and yeah, do better you can and do it now. yeah because
0: those needs we had as kids are still there
1: absolutely the yeah and I think figuring out your guys's needs and your pers- all four of you have different personalities and different things you need and figuring out how I can meet those needs now as mm-hmm. as adults you know now that we're we're friends more instead of parent child relationship I still you still need me sometimes for advice but we're on a different level and so I'm able to I think by just looking back and realizing that I wasn't perfect, I didn't do everything perfectly, mm-hmm. and I'm just a human being, but that I'm I'm willing to admit that and be like, okay, mm-hmm. now what can we do from here? I think it's neat how God puts people in our families to um, and in our lives even to kind of fill in the gaps for other people and the, for other personalities. And, you know, I think, like, I was thinking about Alex and Caitlin because she's so... She's so sweet and gentle. and she treats Alex very very sweet. and where I'm more um, controlling and rigid, I think it's been very good for for Alex to have that atmosphere. And even you know even Becca and Kate are both that way too. And I think it's I think it's interesting how God has put those girls in our in my boys' lives to kind of soften. Soften things a little bit, maybe where I wasn't maybe able to do that for them, and where I maybe brought a level of fun or a level of organization or order, whatever, where they are able to maybe maybe just soften up the edges a little bit. And so Mm -hmm. I I just appreciate God God bringing them into their lives and
0: I think that's a beautiful thing too. Is like even you bringing up the spouses or significant others of your children is. Like the wounds from our childhood or the pain of those unmet needs actually tend to show up strongest in romantic relationships because that's Mm -hmm. the deepest intimacies. So it really is a beautiful thing that they have the partners that they do because it can allow for so much healing for them. Like for myself, I'm single right now, and I think a lot of my work is actually... Being that person for myself. Like the mm-hmm. person that you see that Caitlyn is for Alex mm-hmm. and Becca and Kate are for the other boys. Like I don't have that person right now. But I can be that person for myself. And I think like the... What's making you cry? I
1: don't, I don't know. You don't know? I, just, I wish you had a person. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Oh shoot.
0: I wish I had a person too so I've really learned that I can be that person for myself and you know it's kind of like a trendy term and you might not love it but the the term that's circling around for this is like reparenting
1: I don't like that word no. I hate that word it seems it's, offensive to me
0: yeah Which makes sense. It makes me
1: feel like I did a bad job and someone needs to redo the job that I already did.
0: Right. Which is (laughs) is why it's called
1: that. Yes.
0: For you, I would say, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I would say that your life's work is your motherhood. Mm -hmm. So that you poured your heart and your soul and your life into being a mother. And so for someone to use that term and say, like, we got to redo this. Right. You didn't do it good enough. Right. Like, ouch. Yeah. So I think it makes sense that you hate it.
1: Well, I'm also very performance-driven. I have a performance-driven personality. So that, I think, is more offensive to me. Because I try really hard at everything I do to make it perfect. And so when it's... Mm -hmm. And parenting's not perfect. So that is Mm -hmm. ridiculous. But...
0: I think that... Us kids were blessed with someone like you that you really did hit the mark most of the time. Like, you were a great mothers. So with all that you did right, though, in the spots that you did miss the mark, right. there's this child inside of me and inside of the boys, too, you know, where our needs were unmet, that we need to care for those parts of us. And those parts, in a sense, need to, need to be reparented. Those needs need to be met that are still, like, there and and hurting right and so I know recently for me and I recently started dating again and that side of me did come out and it wasn't cute and but to meet myself there compassionately and give myself the care I needed in that space that I've been needing for 20 some however years just getting curious and meeting like validating myself—that's the right. unmet need of the four—is right. that validation. emotional validation. Like you're not you're not too sensitive, you're right. not dramatic. Like what you're feeling is valid, and giving myself that and meeting myself with curiosity instead of being critical, um, I think has been huge for my own personal growth and healing. So when that happened, though, I did start to do that work, that reparenting for myself. And I actually reached out to you to, and asked you to kind of step into that role, which I like really want to honor you for, because I don't think a lot of people have relationships with their mom where they could ask them this. Um, But I asked you to write a letter to that part of me um, and like play a part in like reparenting that part of me. And that letter was so, Instrumental. It's something I'll hang on to probably forever. So I think that's really beautiful. That like as a parent, it's never too late to Mm -hmm. step into that role for your kids. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm just really thankful.
1: The cool thing is, I think I have several friends that have grown children, and I think it's the really neat thing is if it's really fun to be friends with your kids when they're grown ups. So I think if you can. I mean, I'm f- so thankful for the relationship that I have with each of you kids. And I didn't do everything perfectly when you were growing up, but I'm I'm thankful that we have a relationship where we can talk about things and we can, we can have fun, but we can also talk and, and we can work through things so that we can have a good relationship. And I think it's super helpful. I love the Enneagram and the other tools that I've been given to be able to understand our all of our personalities mm-hmm. better because I think it helps so much. Yeah.
0: Well, you can only throw things under the rug for so long. Right. Like, there's some things that you have to address. Right. And so, to have a tool that, like this, that's helped us. Right. Um, like, I think that's what the Enneagram has done for our relationship mm-hmm. is it's given us the tools to understand each other and then address the things that mm-hmm. need to be addressed. Yeah, for sure. And and also, just our own personal growth right. has allowed us to. Well, affect.
1: you can't. I mean, I don't, I think it's almost impossible to fix any other relationships if you're not working on your own, your own personal growth. And so, Definitely. you know, part of that, I, I, we talked a little bit about, you know, part of it is because I'm 54 years old now and I do have some maturity and some life lessons and some experience. And part of it is just mistakes I've made that I have figured them out along the way. And, you know, part of it is just, we've worked, I think we've worked really hard to forgive and start over and all those things. You know, I think the cool thing is God gave me the kids that I have because he knew that I could parent them and I didn't do everything perfectly, but all four of you guys have turned out amazingly. And you're all all very gifted, unique individuals. And with God's help and with dad's help, I think that we did a good job parenting you and I'm so thankful for each one of you. You're truly, truly a gift and you're truly a friend and I value each one of you. What's your favorite color? Blue.
0: Three words to describe you?
1: Three words to describe me. Fun, organized, and happy.
0: What makes you cry?
1: Watching other people cry makes me cry. Sad movies, telling my family goodbye after we've been together. What are you most passionate about? I'm most passionate about spending time with my family. Our family lives all far apart, so it's very fun to spend time together. Doesn't happen very often, but when we do, it's very fun.
0: Mornings or evenings?
1: Mornings, for sure. Any tattoos? I have a little heart tattoo on my ankle.
0: Do you have an animal you resonate with?
1: I don't particularly like animals, but I do have three grand dogs that I love a lot, or I try to love them anyway. They're really cute.
0: What is your favorite thing to do for fun?
1: My favorite thing to do for fun? I'm probably having people in my home. I really love to have people over. I like to use my creative energies and make new recipes and do fun stuff. I like to try to make things that are people's favorites and decorate my table cute and- Have a party. Have a party, parties, love parties at my house. I like to make everything a party. What is your favorite
0: thing about being
1: a mother? My favorite thing about being a mother is being friends with my kids, my grown children, and watching them, I, I think watching their, th- where each of you are in your life, like how, you guys are all amazing adults, and watching how you interact, like Alex has a family now, and a little boy, and watching him parent, and watching each of you with your friends, and your, your people, and just interact with each other even, just watching you interact with each other. It's just fun to see that you guys all turned out to be great humans.
0: What's your favorite thing about being a nana?
1: My favorite thing about being a nana, well, almost everything, but my favorite thing is when we FaceTime and James just learned, James, he just learned how to blow me kisses on the phone. So that's cute. And then he says nana all the time. I also really like to read him stories.
0: Mental health support should be affordable to anyone but that's not always the case. Proceeds from the Enneagram 4 podcast are available for this purpose. If you appreciate this podcast or would like to support this cause, please consider making a donation. If you are personally in need of the financial resources to receive mental health support, please reach out for an application. If you are currently experiencing a mental health crisis, please call 988 or text HOME to 741